The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is brought to you by the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network. Masturbators, The Sip List, An Evening at the Movies, Crushgasm, and Love is Black all bring you this following episode. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Starting off with a bang. Good evening, welcome. everybody. Welcome. Good evening. Welcome, welcome cool. to a yes. very off-color opening to an evening at the movies, everybody's favorite movie-based podcast, where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and possibly or why not. We love them. So, with that said, um, coming back to the show tonight, after a very brief hiatus, we have everybody's favorite co-host this year. Welcome, Queenie. How are you tonight? I'm uh, doing okay. It's, it's doing audio. Okay. They don't see your end. What? All the time you yell at me for the hand gestures, and now I get to yell at you. No, I, I won't yell at you because it's not good for. Well, I followed it up with talking. So, hello. <laughs> I'm here with my wine and my. I generally don't follow it up with talking. What? I'm here with my favorite wine I glass. Said, I'm, not always, I'm not always a bitch. Just kidding. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> my aunt got me this. She knows me well. Oh, wow. I believe the phrase we are looking for is, anyway. So, yes, Amanda is here with us tonight. And joining us as well is somebody who is making her An Evening at the Movies debut. And probably... Hopefully will not be her last appearance on an evening at the movies after we scare her off. But we are welcoming to the show for the first time, Miss Shanna. Shanna, welcome. And feel free to go ahead and introduce yourself to the dozens. The dozens. <laughs> well, it is going to increase dramatically. I can feel it. Um, I am Shanna also known as the Awkward Bastard from everyone's favorite Bracket podcast. Well, one of them, Bracket Bastards. I'm glad to be here and reviewing one of my favorite movies. We're not going to scare her off. She's my sister from another mister. I can already tell. Bestie from three besties. Yes. 
You guys I are definitely. I thought it was weird how much stuff you and I have in common, but yeah, where you and I lack, you and she pick up the freaking slack, and then all of the stuff that you and I have in common too. So it's like, good God. Speaking hey, of that, how far into Friends are you, Shanna? Episode 13? About okay. halfway through season one. And I am drinking Bubbly Bounce caffeinated sparkling water. Citrus. Okay, first of all, this is not the simplest. We do not drink let, on the we will, movies. We cannot be contained. Okay, yes, we do technically drink on an evening at the movies. We drink watered down soda. This is not soda. I wish it was soda. Hi. I have dirty paws. I know you and me both, but I have to go to the store after we get done talking about this amazing movie. Not me, I gotta go to bed. Before we get to that, I do want to tell everybody though that well, it's not telling everybody, I would like to welcome everybody to the season six premiere of an evening at the movies. <laughs> almost almost <laughs> all the hell was that? That was gold, is what that was. <laughs> and I freaking missed it. I didn't wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> He's in trouble. We we went woo woo at the exact same time in unison. Damn. Okay, so definitely um before we get going into the welcome to the season six premiere, I need to introduce Shanna to the fact that. If you guys are going to be sisters from another mister, you need to learn the phrase Guma, oh, which yeah. when you break it down stands for get out of my head. It means when we think the same thing at the same time. Oh, okay. happens a lot with me and Casey. And Chris and Jean. And evidently you two now with that little whoop whoop at the same time. That was amazing. <laughs> anyway, season six. Sorry. Yes. Season six, big stuff is coming over the next couple of months, and it's going to be an exciting new season of An Evening at the Movies, and I am excited to share everything that's going to be coming down the road with you guys. And I'm sure Amanda probably is excited to share it, too. Yeah. And probably Shanna, too, because Shanna will be here off and on fairly regularly, because that's how we roll. We love having fresh faces on an evening at the movies whether or fresh not they blood, want as jerry says <laughs> my blood i'm not i have fulfilled my contractual obligation to acknowledge dre i will not be acknowledging dre anymore this week so Dre's name says the acknowledger huh I'm not sharing the video. Nobody's going to see my That's name. That's why I'm telling everybody. I it. And now I just flushed my whole plan down the toilet, and I may as well just go ahead and say, yes, Dre beat me, and yes, my tribal chief, I acknowledge you again. There. With that said, we are here to talk about a amazing contemporary movie that is called Amanda. That's not what it's called. It could oh. be. The with, the amount of language, with the amount of language that's in this movie, I'm surprised it's not called Amanda. Amanda said what? Yeah. 
Well, Wolf of Wall Street beat it out. I wonder if before Wolf of Wall Street, if this was one of the most F-word movies ever. Wolf of Wall Street has the record now, but... The number of F-bombs in this movie even surpasses my daily vocabulary. And that's hard to I'm do. actually kind of curious because I know that up to a certain point, the Big Lebowski had the record. Oh. It, it stole it from... Um, yeah. The movie with Al Pacino in it, the cocaine movie. Say hello to my little friends. Scarface. Oh, Scarface. Okay, so this says... Uh, hold on. That... Hang on, I got... Uncut Gems. No, it's still Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, this movie didn't even make the top ten, so it must not... Departed didn't even make the top ten. So. Really? I'm kind of curious to know what Wolf of Wall Street had because... 569. Oh, shit! <laughs> Uncut wow. Gems had 560. Yes, the, the 10 most profane movies of all time. That's what I'm looking at here. I'm kind of, Keep going. So, I'm kind of curious to see where Lebowski falls into it because I know what that... I don't know is. if it's on here. Let's see. Okay, so we've got... I gotta scroll through the article. Uh, which of Summer of Sam, 435 F words. Uncut Gems, 560 F words. Good lord. Wild Pop Menary has 800. 57 F words. What movie? Swear Net the movie. Never heard of it. No. 900 F words. Jeez. 900 F words? Yeah. I never, never heard of that. Let's see. Almost a thousand fucks in one movie. That's impressive. Challenge Let's accepted. See. Okay, because oh, I Big Lebowski actually, is only Big Lebowski is huh? only two hundred and ninety-two times. It's yeah, I know that number. Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I thought two hundred and ninety-two was a lot of freaking f bombs. Mm-hmm. And freaking Wolf of Wall Street and some of those other ones that you listed off that nobody's yeah. heard of. It's like, damn! What was it? Literally every other word in the damn script was fucked. The Departed has 257. So that's so, more yeah. than one a minute. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the movie's 151 minutes. Yeah, so that's like two a minute. Which is pretty common for the uh, the Boston crowd. Yeah. Pack the car in the yard. Yeah, I can say I've seen a lot of times where Wahlberg will drop an F bomb every other word or Leo. I don't I know Leo's not a natural Bostonian, but he played he one very, he played, very well. He yeah, he plays does. a Bostonian well enough that you and Matt Damon. Oh, He's a Bostonian. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's not normally very prolific with his f bombs, though. Like, because he doesn't play that role in most movies. But I think... I think the last time I saw him play a role like that was Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And even then, he still didn't drop a whole lot of f bombs. That's a good number. Yeah, but still not two hundred ninety-two or two hundred and five hundred and whatever. Yeah, four hundred and sixty-nine in Wolf of Wall Street. Jesus. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. But what? I have a feeling I just had homework added to my freaking plate. Now that are you serious? Yeah, Casey, you would like it. I'm telling you, you would really like it. I'm the nursery sure. scene with Margot Robbie. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, Margot Robbie's in Wolf of Wall. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, he's like, I'm watching you, it right you now. Need to get this episode going then, so I can go watch Wolf of Wall Street because I love me some. Margot. You will definitely you like this. Definitely one. love her in this. She yes. is super trashy, As but still sexy. I yes. believe I made reference in a recording the other night. My Unofficial hall pass has Margot Robbie and Kelly Clarkson both on it. So, with that, I, mean, I don't know about Kelly Clarkson. I mean, I think she's beautiful. I definitely wouldn't kick Margot Robbie out of bed, so I can't wait. No, I wouldn't kick either of the two of them out of bed. I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. And when she's like, you know what, daddy? <laughs> There's this whole scene where she's calling Leo daddy because they're in the nursery and uh, and she's mad. Him. Not gonna touch this. Ever again, <laughs> and mommy's, mommy's not wearing quiet. any panties. Daddy's <laughs> gonna see a lot of this. For <laughs> it's real. I can't believe you haven't seen this movie, Casey. No, oh God, he's like, I gotta I, go. Yeah, right. <laughs> this discussion before, I am not a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan. Really. Did I not tell you the story of me getting kicked out of Titanic? No, I know you don't really like Titanic, but I haven't heard a kicking out story. Yeah. I took a date to Titanic when it came out in the theaters, and when somebody was not allowed to get on the door that was big enough for him to get on, freaking crazy lady. Rose DeWitt Bucator was a selfish hoe. Yeah. I said what I said. Yeah. And Dre says it too. Hats off to our okay. fearless But here's here's my he thing sank about to the bottom of the ocean. I stood up and clapped. I like that she dropped it to the bottom of the ocean. I know Dre was mad about that because oh, she Not brought the when Leo sank to the bottom of the ocean. I'll never let go, Jack. Blonk, blonk. <laughs> exactly. We did the same blonk <laughs> at the same time. Literally, people, Guma. Guma. Okay, here's my thing about Titanic, though. First of all, I think it's a great movie because I love the love story. And, of course, I'm I'm obsessed with the Titanic in general. Yes. That kind of a selfish bitch. But I Casey has probably heard me say this before. Those who haven't, Titanic is how I judged all of my romantic relationships moving forward from that movie. Let me explain. Not about the romanticism or the falling in love or whatever. It was about sex in the back of the car, wasn't it? Well, that too. No, it was literally about if I'm on the Titanic with this guy sitting in front of me, can he be a Jack and get me off this boat alive? 
Can he be smart and whatever enough to save us both? If not, I don't want him. Yeah. So as far as he goes, though, is he thinking in the back of his mind, is she going to freaking say I'm never going to let go and then let go and let me sink to the bottom of the ocean? No, but he tried to get on and they couldn't both stay on there. So he told her to stay on. I I feel like they could have both fit. I'm in that same Same. boat with you, but that it doesn't. The whole point of the love story is that he changed her and she went on to have a completely different life. I know here's, here's my hot take on it though. And this is the part that irritates me immensely. And I know this isn't a Titanic episode, but we're right, going to go here anyway. Thank God. So, you know, at the end, when it's showing, like, the montage of all the photos of her life, like, with her husband and her kids and the horses and all of that. So, yes, she went on to have this wonderful life with, you know, a new husband and everything. And then at the end, when she dies, she goes to Jack. What about her husband? Like, was he but second choice? I don't think that was about her husband because if it it was her going back to all the... Because it was all the people that died. I don't right. know if it they, was so the, much about Jack as being reunited with all these people she suffered this tragedy with. Yeah, but I'm like, they know. say when you die, you're supposed to be reunited with your loved ones. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm just like, what about her husband? Jack was the love of her life. What about that damn goldfish? You know, it didn't survive. Like, the one that she brought onto the freaking Oh, boat. that's right. I forgot about that. If I'm she sure her daughter that little bit goldfish. Yeah. Well, if gold, she was able to keep that goldfish alive through a helicopter ride on a submergible, you know, wherever they were, and that goldfish lived in its dinky-ass little bowl, I couldn't even <laughs> keep one alive in an aquarium. And she's got it just carrying it around in a bowl the daughter and bill paxton got married and took care of that fish in her mom's honor <laughs> she ended up splitting up james cameron and linda hamilton dirty hoe whatever then he got with Catherine bigelow and my favorite thing about that relationship is that they got divorced and she beat him at the oscars for best director yeah. and he was nominated for avatar and she was nominated for the hurt locker and she won i was like Fuck yeah! yeah. Anyway, fuck James Cameron. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The Hurt Locker was a better movie than Avatar. So I back to Casey saying he's not a Leonardo fan. I think that Leonardo tends to take two types of roles. One where he's a character mm-hmm. and, you know, where you aren't watching Leo as the character. You're watching the movie. And like then the movie. Movie. Yeah. Well, this movie, it, he like, you did not pick up one ounce of like acting in it. Like he was that character. Whereas if you watch some of his other things, you definitely like, you're like, okay, he's acting. He's an actor, but this is one of those movies that he like sunk his teeth into and completely just owned the role to where, I mean, they all did. It was a fantastically acted movie, Yeah, you know, where the whole thing, you just become mesmerized by the story and the acting. You forget that you're watching an actual movie. You come here. I mean, I don't, I don't, oh shit, sorry. I'm having problems. I don't know. Yes, I'm fine. Hi, Abby. Oh, come here. You don't, we're not on like live. Everybody says hi. Hi. 
Bye. Can you hand me that bottle, please? <laughs> Thank you. Mama yeah, you break much. it, you bought it. Nope. Love you. Thank you. How much is it? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm in a very I am not a lazy ass. I am in a very strictly compromised position that if I move, everything's gonna get out of place and I'm trying to stay stable for you guys. So I'm sitting on my bed with a little like table and then a book holding up my iPad pillow with my phone. Yeah. I well am- that's I have a I have a pillow on my lap with a little lap desk and then this and then and my computer's plugged in like and my bed's raised up because I'm old and I have a adjustable base. <laughs> so yeah. One strange movement and this could all fall apart. So yeah, same here. And I've got a dog that can't get comfortable. Besides, one of the reasons you have kids is so they bring you your booze. Oh, for sure. Anyway. No, uh, what I was gonna say is I my can't. My whole think- point is we paid our dues as kids having to wait on our parents. So it's Abby's turn now. Exactly. Um, I was just going to say, I can't think of a bad movie that Leonardo DiCaprio has been in. Like off the top of my head. Can you guys? Blood Diamond. Okay. I didn't really, I didn't see Blood Diamond, but I heard it was good. Okay. Ironically, okay. So time out. I'm going to go ahead and ask the question now that's on everybody's mind. And I kind of warned you both is coming. Why does every do, do you both think Leo got passed over for this movie, or passed over at the Academy Awards for this movie? Because of the other things that came out that year. Leonardo DiCaprio is the Susan Lucci of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It, it's, at this point, it's become a running joke. It had become yeah. a running joke until The Revenant. Yeah. Who beat him yeah. for this? He didn't even get nominated for this one. He didn't oh. get, no, Ooh. he got nominated for Blood Diamond, but yeah. he did he not get nominated get nom- for The Departed. He did no, not. He got a. I think it was a Golden Globe or a Screen Actors Guild or something. He got a Golden Globe nom for. But Scorsese got nominated, right? Scorsese, I believe so. Yeah. Scorsese won. Yeah. Departed. As he should have won four mm-hmm. awards at the Academies that year. Okay, Picture so director, uh, screenplay, and I don't remember what the fourth one was. I'm looking. All right. So but, um, Forrest Whitaker won that year for King of Scotland uh, last King year Scotland. or whatever it was. Okay. The last King, last King of Scotland. Yeah. yeah. And what I know it? McConaughey beat him out for Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. That, was that might have been for that Wolf. Of, the, that might have been the Wolf of Wall Street year. Yeah. And I know why I know he didn't win because I've seen the McConaughey video all the time on Facebook, and it's literally it starts with the nominees are Leonardo DiCaprio for the Wolf of Wall Street, Matthew McConaughey I, for blah blah blah. I, I definitely think McConaughey deserved that. I mean, I think Jared Leto should have because he was phenomenal. But he was nominated too, right? For supporting actor? Yeah, he was supporting actor. But I definitely think Leo should have won for what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, that's a, I don't that's so long ago I don't know who he well, lost. But I, that's, huh? I, I think I told Shanna earlier or it was Amanda, it was one of the two of you that I remember when he won for the Revenant. 
Revenant. That first, the first time he got yeah. the statue. And I knew he'd been nominated a whole bunch of times. And then they called his name, and then you have the loudspeaker voiceover. This is Leonardo DiCaprio. Blah, 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 and 257 nomination. <laughs> it's like, and they said his sixth nomination and first win. Yeah. I mean, like, I think honestly, if they didn't give it to him with the revenant, I think he was that never going to get it. Yeah. They, I mean, was it his best performance? No. Was it a hell of a performance? Absolutely. But I think he's done better. I mean, there, there really wasn't a lot of, like, I don't want to say there wasn't a lot of acting in The Revenant, because there was, but most of the movie was just him by himself. Well, yeah. yeah, but so was Tom Hanks in Castaway, and, you know, it worked. Fuck Tom well, Hanks. Get nominated for <gasps> Castaway. <laughs> okay, now we may have a, a problem. Fuck Tom Hanks. Yeah, not a he's a womanizer. He's been married to the same woman for 237 years. Doesn't mean he ain't stuck his dick in something else. Wow, okay. Okay, so there's like is, a I can't remember who it is, but there's like a big scandal about it right now. I know. There's this all this whole underground stuff about Tom Hanks. You know. Yeah cheating and the Illuminati and all this other shit. But so I just want to say, I saw this TikTok the other day and I think I sent it to Casey, but I don't remember. But this guy was talking about, you know, cause Kirstie Alley just passed away and he was like, man, it's like, I know that Kirstie Alley did all this stuff, but I didn't know about all that. I just loved her from look who's talking and all these movies. And now y'all going to bring up all this shit and ruin her for me. He's like, I swear to God, when so-and-so passes away and so-and-so, like, don't do it. For me, yeah. that's Tom Hanks. When Tom Hanks dies, don't tell me anything bad about him because he is right. one of my favorite actors. Don't think, ruin him for me. <laughs> yeah, I think when the actor is alive, they're fair game because they can defend themselves. But well, after this stuff was out about Kirstie Alley, I think this guy was just like, you know, kind of joking yeah. around. But Yeah, but there's once they're gone, there's no reason to rehash it. Right. You well, know. no, it's still the equivalent of spitting on somebody's grave. I mean, okay. I'll be fair. I'm petty. If someone's a bad person, I'll spit on their grave. <laughs> I mean, death I, doesn't I, absolve you of all your sins when it comes to no, you. it does not. I appreciated Christy Alley as an actress, and I really liked her work. But as a person, yeah, I did not care for her. Wasn't she at the Scientology? Yeah, so that's Scientology. Scientology, not a sponsor, could be. <laughs> no, we do not want that shit. I know. Scientology, I will gladly go without a sponsor for the life of this damn show. If the only <laughs> people that want to sponsor this show is Scientology, fuck Scientology. Ain't no way I'm drinking that fucking Kool Aid. <laughs> I literally, I love all the dozens. And I say it every episode, and I appreciate every one of you that listen to the show. But if you are listening to the show and you are a fucking Scientologist, you are a goddamn mindless freaking nut job. Yeah. See, I'm not afraid to alienate listeners on my show. So I'm like, if if you don't like the word fuck, why have, you're in the wrong place? Right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're advertising for children. I've had a few like super Christian people follow me on Twitter, and I'm like. Have we met? Y'all are going to unfollow me in five minutes. Yeah. 
So anyway, the departed. Yes. So oh, by the really way, quick before a nice haircut. It does look Thank very you. dapper. Yes. High and tight. I'm seriously when I have a freaking hat on and it literally looks like it's curling up around the bottom of the hat, it's time for me to get a fucking haircut. And it was annoying the shit out of me. I got drunk at my best friend's house a couple of months ago and let him cut eight inches off my hair. <gasps> was it like 16 candles where they cut it through the door to cut you out of the door? No, they just like pulled it a ponytail to right here, like all of my <gasps> hair. Oh, it's we're too old for those kind of shenanigans. I know, but it's long again, so we're fine. Okay. I'm older than both of you put together, so zip it. That is not true. <laughs> I feel like it some days, but anyway, Anyways. before before we get to Queenie trying to beat the clock with her ninety second beat the clock challenge, I'm ready. I will let everybody know that The Departed released on October sixth, two thousand and six. It was obviously directed by some guy named Martin Scorsese. Some rando, yeah. What did he ever do with his life? <laughs> Definitely well, not trip his eyebrows. That's the funny part is I was doing <laughs> some reading online, and he's actually one of those people that when you talk about his career, you re it, he gets referred to as the decade of Scorsese because, like, 1970, he had um, – oh, fuck, what the hell was it? I don't remember. But then 1980 was Raging Bull. 1990 was... Um, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. And 2000 was... Uh, the 2000s was um, The Departed. Well, and yeah. Wolf of Wall Street and Shutter Island. Basically, anything with Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin's... Oh, Taxi Driver. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. In the 70s. I De Niro? Was that what it De Niro? Was. Yes. Yeah. Niro was in that yeah. one, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, pretty, he's had like pretty much anything movie. with Leonardo Scorsese directed it. I think Scorsese. Scorsese and DiCaprio are like Shanna's favorite director and Johnny Depp. Yeah, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. That's what I was gonna say. I think with Scorsese, he tends to do a lot of repeat actors, and I think he goes to the people he knows can give him what he needs for that role. Yeah. And and I don't smart. have a problem with that, with per that. se. I mean, obviously yeah. it's not all the same people every time, but yeah, Leo is one of those people that... He's a very diverse actor. Well, and so is De Niro. I mean, he was in The yeah. Irishman, too. So I love Bobby D. Yeah. Cape Fear just ruins him for me. Like, I still love him, but he creeps me out oh. so bad. Yeah. What, is, what is the movie with Aubrey Plaza where she's talking about how much she wants to fuck him? Is it like Dirty Grandpa or whatever? Yes, and I'm like, I can't. She's sitting there going up. That scene's hilarious, but yeah. I'm like, but no, But you feel so dirty it. watching it. You're like, ew. He's always Max, whatever to me. It's the old way balls, you, old balls. Uh, <laughs> the way you feel about De Niro in Cape Fear is the same way I feel about Mark Wahlberg in 
fear. That fucking crazy ass freaking psycho. Yeah, I'd still do him. I'd still do him. Oh yeah, crazy passion and heartbeat. Yeah, you ladies and your freaking good vibrations with the funky bunch. Never forget. That's my hashtag. Never forget Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. So yeah, the card <laughs> was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Was it? it? It had a budget of. This one kind of shocked me, but now that you think about some of the names that are in this movie, that's probably where the budget went. That cast is fucking expensive. It is stacked. Can I make it, a guess? Oh, yeah, you can both make a guess. Okay. I'm going to say $3 billion. <laughs> I'm going to go $280 million. Well, okay. As far as budget goes, no, you're both way off. It only had a $90 million budget. Oh, okay. If this was the price is right, we'd be screwed. <laughs> we are not so, getting that washer and dryer, sis. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you guys both a chance to reprieve yourself. It had a $90 million budget, and yes, it turned a significant profit at the box office. $280 million. $1, Bob. <laughs> Seriously. Um, $350 million. Shannon was literally off by $1.5 million. Ooh, look at you. It had a box office in 2006 of... $291.5 million. Wow. That's $11 million. Whatever. You said $290. No, I said $280 million. Oh, I thought you said $290. Yeah, we'll go with that because it makes me sound smarter. You can have my showcase prize. It's fine. <laughs> so, the average estimated audience on $291.5 million at with movie ticket prices at six dollars and fifty five cents in two thousand and six, it was still that cheap then. Okay, I, I was gonna say I would like to know where those movie theaters were because yeah. they sure as hell were I not. I think they were ten dollars by then, but who knows? I'm probably responsible for like a grand of that revenue myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, pro, an estimated average estimated audience for the entire run of the movie was about 44.5 million people saw the movie in the theater. And last but not least, before we turn it over to Amanda, just in case both of you haven't guessed or haven't looked it up, would you like to guess what its Rotten Tomato score is? Ooh. I'm going to go with like 67%. I'm going to go 78 you both would be wrong. Weird. Believe it or not, on 284 reviews, Rotten Tomatoes has The Departed rated at 90%. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, where's my phone? Oh. I need my phone for the next portion of the show. Uh, All right. Uh, Queenie says she's ready and clock. And are you ready? I'm ready. On your mark, get set, go. 
South Boston cop Billy Costigan goes undercover to infiltrate the organization of gangland chief Frank Costello. As Billy gains the mobster's trust, a career criminal named Colin Sullivan infiltrates the police department and reports on its activities to his syndicate bosses. When both organizations learn they have a mole in their midst, Billy and Colin must figure out each other's identities to save their own lives. 29.65 seconds. <laughs> well done. It's way more complicated than that, but that's the... Oh, that's for sure. The well, it, it is way, way more complicated than that, but at the Delicious same time... complicated. Yeah. As far as, like, not having spoilers riddled throughout the entire plot description... That if was you a, have not seen this movie by now, I can't help you. Yeah, it's like... No, yeah. This is definitely... Well... I'm just going to say it now. They all die in the end. Yeah. Everybody fucking dies. <laughs> okay. So, spoiler alert. What this, is happening? This movie is Scorsese's version of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Or Scarface. And if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, you're even in deeper shit because that movie yeah. came out like 15 That was years from the longer. 90s. Like, come on. Yeah, that and was like, like 92 when that came out. That let's movie be was honest, 30 years old. The death of each character, the way that it happens, is so unexpected and yeah. so in your face. Like, my God. Like when that elevator opened and bam, I'm I like, mean, okay. I knew it was coming and I still screamed out loud. And so you did Abby. That, we were both you like, knew <gasps> he was going to get shot in the head? No. Well, no, because I had seen it before. But I oh, I'm today. talking about the first time. No, I had no idea. I screamed. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> okay, so before we delve too far into where we're going with this, I'm going to pose our next question for the discussion. Um, for both of you, and I will let you guys decide which one of you wants to go first, but what about this, what this movie, what about this movie left a lasting impression on you? I will go first. I think the rawness of it and the grit and the way that the characters fed off of each other and just the progression of the story was so fast-paced and so intricate, even though it was fast-paced. I just, like, by the time you were done with the movie, you didn't even realize you've been holding your breath for two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I, I can see that. Amanda, your thought. I mean, for me, it's the, it's just the levels upon levels of deception and mm -hmm. how you maintain that. And not to say that I, I sort of feel bad or empathize for the Matt Damon character because he obviously was a kid who was not being taken care of and this gangster takes him under his wing. So of course he's going to protect him. But then at the same time, he ends up killing him and he's just like, fuck you, dude. And it's just like, then you're like, Oh, okay. I thought he he, like that, this guy was his dad. And, <laughs> and he wanted out like when him and yeah. the girl were laying in bed and he was like, how would you feel if we just went somewhere else? Yeah. He wanted out. He, I don't, I think he was kind of a victim of his circumstance. And then I think he just got sucked in over his head. Yeah. And like, I really thought that he was redeemable until he stabbed the delivery guy 
when Leo was chasing him. And well, it was, that like, was an accident. Though. Right. Right. But after that point, you can kind of see his character take a nosedive. Yeah. That's what I think he, when he kills Frank, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, he's. Well, I think right. it was going to be either him or Frank and he survival of the fittest. You know what I well, mean? Well, I was going to say, Frank raised him to be a survivor. So you yeah. can't be surprised that that's it's what he back. did. Um, and I felt I, I really also kind of like, again, not empathize because I could never be in that situation, but felt bad for Leo's character because he's this outcast and then he gets sucked into this deal and he's he's fucking terrified he says like four or five times he's gonna figure me out he's gonna kill me and they're like we'll get you out of this and he still does an amazing job but could you imagine being in a scenario where you have to he had to watch all these people get murdered and pretend mm -hmm. like it didn't phase him and then like the part where they find the wire or you know the part when he's in costello's place and he rips the wire off and drops it in the pool yeah. Did he really think they weren't going to ever look in the pool? <laughs> when they like, broke someone his cast, it up? Jesus Christ. Oh, did someone hurt. go pick it up? I mean. Well, I mean, that poses another interesting off the topic question. Did they really think Anthony Edward or Anthony Anderson was a good choice to play a Bostonian? Absolutely. With his lack I, of freaking accent. He didn't have the accent. That was my problem. I think I think he was the perfect choice because like Leo said, you're a black guy from Boston. You don't need, you know, you, you don't need, need me to me tell to you. you yeah. Um, I think they needed someone who was the ultimate outsider as well to be the person that Leo could trust at the end. Yeah. I have no problem with him being casted. I like that narrative. Just thought I, he should I have the accent. He didn't have the accent. Yeah. I but. like Bostonian accents, damn it. So you want to hear something funny? I went to Boston um, for our one-year wedding anniversary. George had to be there for work. So I went and we did all this stuff. And I kept waiting for everybody to sound like the Bostonians you see on TV. And mm -hmm. nobody did until the very last day I was there. I finally heard somebody with the accent. So I think it depends on where you're from. I think it's like a Southie Boston thing that they yeah. really have the heavy accents. I dated a guy who was a transplant from Attleboro who moved to Iowa and he had a very, very heavy accent. And yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Ben Affleck with his Boston accent. Oh my God. Mommy uh, Light. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, I would have 10,000 of his babies, and you know that, so. 10,000 Batmans. Which is, again, why I said we have to do the town soon. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Me, too. Uh, well, evidently, we know when Shanna's coming back on an evening at the movies. Ben Affleck is, like, the lo other love of my life. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what he's done. Oh, I don't care. I love him. I have one word. I have one word for you. Geely. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying he hasn't done some shit movies, but I still love him and I'd fuck and him ten ways from Sunday. So I, I I will also after saying that, thank you for not 
throwing it back in my face after I revealed to two people on my hall pass list and responding to me with from Justin to Kelly. Uh, hey, from Justin to Kelly was what it was. A cinematic masterpiece. I mean, Ke Kelly was under some contractual obligations, so I don't follow but, her. Yeah, I was, and Justin Warini was broke. Yeah, American <laughs> Idol fucking owned you when you win that show. So mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not going to judge her for that. Yeah, uh, she's gone on record numerous times by saying you would not believe the amount of red fine print there is in the contract that you sign when you start the show. Well, that's why I always said you don't want to win American Idol. Like, you yeah. want to win, but really you don't because they fucking own you. Second place is good for me. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that I've noticed about that show. The people that have been on that show that have gone on to generally the bigger careers have been the people who have not won that show. Except for Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson. I would say they're the... That show's been on for, what, 37 years? Yeah. I mean, I would... to be fair, where in the world is Ruben and Clay Aiken? Like, they both right. kind of just fluttered off. Chris Daughtry yes. had a pretty great career. Um, he's kind of faded away, but... Yeah, I mean, Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson, to me, are really the only ones that have, like... Super duper made it work. You hit the stratosphere yeah. and not look back. Well, that's because I mean, of their pure talent. If you were going to put Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson in a in a cage match, Kelly Clarkson would totally come out on top. As far as fighting or singing? Either. No, Carrie Underwood's a better singer. I don't think so. Oh, no. And I'm not just saying that because she's a hometown girl. Carrie Underwood's voice is fucking phenomenal. So is Kelly Clarkson's, but I think Kelly could beat her ass, but I think Carrie's a better singer. Kelly's from right down the road from where you're at now, so that's still technically a hometown girl. Yeah. How did we go from The Departed to... I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know. I have no idea. Kelly Kelly Clarkson! This is how we digress on this show all the time. <laughs> yeah, rabbit holes. Welcome to our world. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just taking my sweatshirt off. Settle down. So, um, do you ladies feel that the raw, gritty violence in the movie adds to or takes away from the movie? It totally makes the movie. Yeah. As you uncomfortable can't... as it is, it's it belongs in that story because mm -hmm. that's how shit goes down. Yeah. I mean, no one says, okay, it's time to go see a Martin Scorsese movie, pack up the kids. <laughs> right? I would. It's probably good that your cat doesn't leave the house. Yeah. Whoa. It's brutal, but effective, and it's it really drives home the point of... Right being in this scenario that you can't get out of on both sides. Like Leo and Matt are both in scenarios that they cannot get out of and they both want to, but they can't. And, and then to find out that Frank's a fucking FBI informant. Yeah, what? That's the, He's the that biggest the, rat of them all. That is the whole point of the movie that really pisses me off because what's he informing on himself? Like, other like yeah, that's I, the only thing that didn't make sense to me. And then 
I'm guessing he was selling out other bosses. Probably. That would like be her, at the end before, yeah. yeah, before Matt Damon kills him, and he was like, "Did you give me up?" And he's like, "I didn't give anybody up that wasn't already going down." Yeah. Which he knew what that meant. Yeah. So, I, that makes a little bit more sense. It makes it a little bit more understandable. Yeah. But he's still, brutal though. The whole like the whole scene is. Yeah. And then, like, I asked myself, you know, the guy that gets shot when the gun battle goes down, when Queenan gets thrown off the roof, the guy that pulls yeah. him close, he's like, you know, I always, I said, whoever didn't show up was the rat. And yeah. Leo's like, yeah. And he was like, tell me why I didn't tell on you. Or tell me why I didn't say anything. Like, I sent you the wrong address and you still showed yeah. up. Yeah. And then it's on the news that the dude was a rat. Was he really an informant or did they cover it up? They never went into that. They never, like, you know, oh, we're left to... an undercover cop. Right. I mean... But then I'm like, did they say that to take the heat off of Leo? Or was he really? I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. that that was, it's kind of like at the end when the, the guy whose name I can't remember comes in with Matt Damon. He's like, you didn't think you were the only yeah. informer in here. Like there's always more than one. Yeah. And then another question that I had too, that I still try to figure out is whose fucking baby was it right matt or leo's yeah like whose baby is it i mean she goes like she wants to tell leo something he's like if you will still want to tell me in two weeks tell me then and then she's curled up to matt damon putting a, a little ultrasound on his lap i'm like you can even whore and Vera then another thing was that, a whore in this movie <laughs> and then the part that didn't make sense to me is she's like tiny super thin and she's pregnant enough to be able to see the penis in the ultrasound. Right. I, I mean, those are just little plot holes that we're expecting yeah. to overlook. Like, that's no, you can't hand a movie to us, the movie masses that pick yeah. things apart and expect us to be like, no, that makes sense. Yeah. No. And they've been together four months. So what, she got pregnant in the second month they were together? Yeah. I mean, yes, that's how I, I, I know you're not. And they're already moving that. in together? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, thought let her have pictures had to be out further along to find out that it had a winky or a hoo hoo. You do. I mean, that's so. why you think it has to be Matt's because she didn't fuck Leo until like the fourth month. <laughs> but then why is she trying to tell him about it? I don't think she was trying to tell him about the baby. I think she was trying to tell him about Matt. But he did. She didn't know about it. That whole thing at that point. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, she didn't know about Matt Damon until um, she got that letter in the mail, yeah. and it was addressed to Matt to Sullivan, and she popped the tape or the deep or the CD God into yeah. the thing, and then she's like, "And I thought I was the only liar." Yeah, <laughs> her Boston accent was not good. Yeah, and I adore her as an actress. Yes, her accent was not great. <laughs> right. Okay. On that note, I'm going to leave you girls for just a second. You guys can shoot to shit. I have to go run. Talk amongst bed. ourselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rhode Island is neither a road or an island. Discuss. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Yes, please. Ow. Oh.
I hope he's not taking us to the bathroom with him. Yeah, please don't. No, I'm leaving the freaking computer in the room. <laughs> I'm no offense, but I don't know either of the two of you well enough for you to go to the bathroom with me. We don't want that. No. Um, so how great are Alec Baldwin and Martin Sheen in this movie? Oh my gosh. I could have done like I thought that Martin Sheen was so lovable like the way he was like do you want some supper my wife you know left me some supper Here, yeah. sit down. you know he really i think he really cared about billy yeah. like i mean i think he thought of him as like a, a son and i think too that dingham did too marky yeah but they played the good cop bad cop thing pretty well together yeah i think like the revenge that he took at the end where he just shows up in mm-hmm. Matt Damon's apartment and just shoots him in the head. You know, I mean, yeah, part of that was for Martin Sheen because I think that Martin Sheen was probably like a father to him too. Right. But I think a lot of it was for Leo too. Yeah. I think Martin Sheen is everyone's dad. I love he him does. so much. Charlie doesn't appreciate him. I know. Like he made you. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I felt I feel like for Mark Wahlberg, this was not a stretch. Like for him to play that role, he did. Yeah, no, you know, and that accent, you know, that that's how they talk at home. Yeah, <laughs> and same with Matt Damon. But yeah. Um. So, do you think that she got the apartment? Because at the end, he's in a different apartment. Or do you think he just got demoted or they... Or no, what? he was still in the same apartment because he shot him in that apartment and then it's, it pans out and you see the state house in the background and then you see the little oh, on the okay. balcony. But the front from from Matt Damon's view looked so different than what... Okay, all right. Maybe and I missed I, that. I thought it was really cool how they had a rat on the balcony. Yes, that was amazing. I was like, that is so clever. That is the best ending ever. Yeah. Because I was like, is this fucker going to get away with this? Like, And I was like, another part that makes me wonder whose baby it was, like, because she's at his funeral, too. And, yeah, sobbing. Yeah. And then he's like, can we talk about this? What about the baby? And she just keeps walking. Fuck you. But also, when she finds out what he did, it's like, yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't even open the bathroom door. I, you know, I think she was a little cavalier with her self, but I could see how, how she could easily follow. I feel like the love story between her and Leo didn't get enough play. Right. But the movie's so long that. Yeah. I think her character is very, very manipulative. Oh, yeah. And it bothers me. Like, I didn't really pick up on it when I first watched it. But, like, the more you watch it, the more you see how she really is two different people with each of them. You know? And I thought it was really interesting because one scene, Matt Damon's unpacking stuff and he's like, oh, this is you as a kid. We can't have that out. You know? And then... Leo shows up at her place and he's like, is this you? And he holds the picture up and he's like, you know, oh, I can see it, you know, and then he hangs it on the wall. 
But I think that's, I don't know if that's manipulative so so much as it's her being two different people. Like, right. the person that she has to present herself as versus the person who she really is, where Leo is being his mostly self. real self. Yeah. And Matt Damon has no realness in him. Right. Although I will say their first date, that scene, really, it made me feel sad because he was so funny and cute and like, mm -hmm. you know, making these little jokes. And I was like, oh, and in okay, the elevator too. Yeah. You know, when he was, yeah, the elevator, her, that was funny. you know, and then you're like, okay. But when I say manipulative, as far as her, the, I feel like, like I mentioned, you know, playing two different guys at the same time. Yeah. You I know? agree with that. And I, I think when she told Matt Damon or Matt Damon told her, he's like, you know, I'm Irish. I'll live with something, even though it's wrong right. for the rest of my life. If this isn't going to make, if we aren't going to make it, you're going to have to be the one to get out. But to me, so, that felt like him also saying. That was off topic stuff for how much of that can be left in. All, all of it was on topic. Yeah, it's all on topic. Good girls. I think, I think him saying that too, though, probably made her feel like. Trash. Does he really love me or is he just here because he's going to be the stoic Irish man? So, yeah, he probably didn't even give a fuck. I'm wondering if maybe he was picking up some vibes from her. Like maybe she maybe. wasn't into it. So he was telling her, you know, if you need to go, go. Yeah. But then at the same time, I don't think, I think he was more interested in having her towards the end because of the way Alec Baldwin explained how having a wife would help. Yeah. Him. And throughout the whole movie, his entire goal her entire plan was to make it to that state house. Yeah. You know, but maybe in that moment he was trying to save her. Like he was trying yeah. to give her an out. Yeah. Because like, he knew that his, his, you know, she was anchored to his ship. She was going to sink too. Yeah. And she's way more up the food chain than he is or, yeah. you know, would whatever. So, so, okay, we were just discussing relationship stuff in the movie, so you missed all that, but it's fine. Oh, God, I'm so heartbroken that I missed the <laughs> relationship stuff. Do either of you guys have anything else you would like to drop on the listeners before we move on to our review of the movie? Oh, go ahead, Chita. I was just going to say, if you have not had a chance to watch this movie... I cannot recommend it enough. Like, carve out, you know, a good two and a half hours. Get it however you can to where you can pause it in case you have to go to the bathroom. Because it's not the kind of movie that you're going to want to, you know, let run while you run to get popcorn Definitely. or whatever. You have no, to. I, I was going to say, if you might want to carve out like five hours. Because this is one of those movies that even if you do sit through it completely uninterrupted. You will rewind and go back. You're like, wait, what? You and probably you should it. immediately go back and watch it again. and Because there's stuff throughout the entire movie you're going to miss. Yeah, and every time you watch it, you notice different nuances. Yeah. You really because have to pay attention to this movie. And this your, your opinion of the characters, one time when you watch it, maybe one thing. And then you watch it when you're in a different mood and like your opinion, like you're like, okay, that guy's a scumbag. Whereas before you may have been like, you know, maybe he was all right. Maybe he was just, you know, an opportunistic prick. 
I mean, know. even like the last time I watched, I mean, I literally watched it today at work so that I had everything fresh in my head, as fresh as possible in my head, considering how, like we said earlier, layered and well-written the whole story is. Right. But even like I was watching it today and um, it's like I found myself liking this character at one point 10 minutes later hating that same character hating this character at the beginning and then at the middle liking that character it, it you literally scorsese and the screenwriter did a very good job at weaving the big quilt that is bostonian mafia type shit and i'll be honest like I loved Frank, like not as a person, but the character, like just the development of him. And I love when he would be like, he's a you know, psycho. Exactly. And he had oh. no shame in it. He owned it. Psycho, and like, when he psycho. would say something and then he'd be like, act according. <laughs> you know? So that I was going to bring that up in my review as that is my entire favorite quote from the whole movie as when he's like, how's your mom? She's on her way out. We all are act accordingly. Like Uh that's basically the carpe diem of the movie is like, and I love that. Like, and I found myself telling people that, you know, like act according. We're all going to die. Act accordingly. Like, yeah. (laughs) Technically he's not wrong. Right. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I loved him as a character, but that is like my favorite quote from the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, probably. I can't think of one right off the top of my head that's probably better. I mean, there's some good quotes in the movie, but that one is probably the most standout of all of them. Yeah. So, did you have. Anything else that you would like to throw in with your review before we go to the ratings, Miss Kohlhofer? No, I mean when I, when I give my rating, I'll say my my stuff okay. so we can do that. Well, I feel like we're asking the obvious question of our guest, but Miss Shanna Banana, would you like to give the movie a out of five ranking? I would say four and three quarters. See, she's a smart lady. She understands the fact that there is no such thing as perfection. Yeah. And I give it that because, like Amanda and I were discussing while you were tinkling, um, there could have been (laughs) a lot more, like, not character development, but storyline development um, as far as the relationship between. Madeline and uh, Leo's character. The relationship stuff that I'm glad that I missed out on. Right. Like, why did he feel like she was the only person he could trust? Yeah. Um, You know, I would like to know, like, they talked about his family, like, you know, his Uncle Jackie and all of them. And they played such a huge role because... You know, that's what got his foot in the door with those organizations. But 
they were kind of an afterthought and just kind of shoved in there. I would like to have had a little more background on that. Um, but as far as, I mean, they gave background on Matt Damon's character when he was little, how his childhood led up to the decisions that he made. I would like to have had the same for Leo. Yeah, because you really don't get right. anything. Me too. Yeah, that. you don't get anything for Leo until he's in Queenan's office and they're like, do you want to be a cop or do you want to appear to be a cop? Which is not at the beginning right. of the movie. Either. Right. You know, you're looking at, fuck, what was it, about halfway into the movie? No, it oh. was probably like, I would say probably 45 minutes in when they pull him in and they're like. Okay. All, not necessarily directly halfway, but you're getting to that almost halfway point. Yeah, they. I would have liked to have seen a little more character development on Leo, um, as far as why he made the decisions that he made. Why did they like Marky Mark was sitting there calling him a lace curtain motherfucker? Like, tell me what that means. Right. You know, yeah. we got a well, lot more of Matt Damon's character than we did on his. Yeah. That type of stuff might be familiar in that region of the country, but that's not necessarily what. I mean, I know what a lace curtain motherfucker is. I know what that is. Yeah. You know, but I, I want to see it. Lace curtain motherfucker basically is someone who grew up in the nicer neighborhoods. You know, they had the lace curtain, oh. and, you know, uh, wealthier. And I thought there was some like weird. No. But his dad worked at a train station or something, right? His parents were separated because Marky oh, okay. was talking to him about how he had two different accents. One from when he was with his dad on the wrong side of the mm -hmm. tracks eating TV dinners. And then he's with his mom. He's like, you had two different accents, didn't you? You sneaky motherfucker. You know, you lace. Yeah. You know, like I grew up on the East Coast. I know what that is. But people that didn't grow up on the East Coast wouldn't know what that is. Yeah, that that was yeah. more where I was going with my statement mm -hmm. was, if you're not from that part of the country, you may not necessarily right. know exactly what right that statement means. But but obviously, you know, they showed why Matt Damon felt compelled to make the decisions that he did. But I wanted to know yeah. more about why Leo's character made the decisions he did. Yeah, but yeah, they give us that. We probably probably would have been looking at a whole another two hour long movie. It would have been worth it. Oh, I know. I, I still would have watched 100%. it. If they can make a three and a half hour movie about a sinking boat, they can make <laughs> a three and a half movie hour movie about some Irish mafias. I will say, if they had to choose, I think it was more important to show Matt Damon's yes side because otherwise, you were going to fucking hate him. Yeah, like you would be like, yeah. oh, he's a mob guy. We don't feel sorry for him, but when you see his, he's getting picked up by this guy as like a fourteen-year-old kid, and this guy's like basically raised him. Then you know why he's doing what he's doing. Doesn't make it right, but you at least understand it. Okay, and I have, I think I'm having a Mandela effect moment when it comes to this movie because I specifically remember watching it previously, and you know when, are you cold? Nope. Did you fart? Yup. And you're smelling your own fart? No. My Such shirt's a not fucking tucked guy. in. My shirt's anyway. Anyway. I'm, I'm protecting <laughs> my nostrils. So, what was I going to say? 
Mandela effect. Oh, yeah. So when he gets in the car after he graduates the police force or whatever, and Jack Nicholson hands him the box, I remember there being a watch in there. When I watched it today, they didn't show what was in the box. Exactly. I did not What's see in anything. the box? Right. And I specifically <laughs> remember there right? being a watch. And then now I'm like, they didn't show it. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing anything in the box. And I no. honestly, were, I have seen this movie so many times. Hmm. Like, this is the movie I have on in the background while I'm doodling. Nice. Yeah. Doodle, doodle, doodle. Just in hopes that I'll catch the scene when Leo's walking through the prison without his shirt on. <laughs> I'll take two. All right. All right. So, Miss Shanna Banana. Gave it a four and three quarters out of five. Queenie, the floor is yours. All right. So, um, you know, all the things we talked about, obviously this movie is powerful and effective. Um, I do think there are some parts where it's slow and there are some plot points that are not fully explained. Um, I do, I do like the rawness of it. And the other thing I was going to say, talking about, like I said, one of my favorite quotes, but I think my most favorite one that I think describes the whole movie is when, um, the psychiatrist, I can't remember her name. She says, honesty and truthfulness aren't the same thing. Yeah. Cause that's really what this movie is all about. If you're an honest person, yeah. that means you're not telling lies. If you're being truthful, that means you're telling the truth, but you're also omitting things or actively seeking things to make things look a certain way. Yeah. You no, know, you don't have to tell the whole truth, but if you're being honest, you're being honest. And I think that's kind of how this whole movie mostly plays out. It's like... You know, I feel like that was a really good description of kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, I do wish, like Shanna said, we had gotten a little more about Leo and what we were talking about before, a little more about his relationship with Madeline. Um, because clearly at the end, she's very distraught that he died. I think she's also distraught over her relationship being, a, you know, a lie, but... I feel and like knowing there, that he probably had some had, in his death. Right. I feel like there was more development that could have happened, but this movie has so many moving parts and it's already like three hours long that there just wasn't a lot. I would like to see this as like a limited series. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. And um, can you touch on the gaslighting on Matt from Matt Damon's character towards Madeline? When she catches yeah. him, and he's like, "I told you this was going to be part of the job," you know, and like yeah. basically wanting her to act like nothing happened, right? Like, oh, um, this suspicious behavior is not suspicious at all. It's just my job, and go do your own job, and yeah, whatever. Um, I'm gonna give it four point five 
out of five. I'm I'm just gonna give it four point five stars because I don't even have a good ranking measurement for this. So four and a half out of five. Yeah, I mean, there isn't really a whole lot that I can say that you eloquent women have not already perfectly said about this movie. It's an awesome movie. And I feel like if you have not seen this movie in the last, what, 16 years since it came out? It's hard to imagine it's been that long. I know. Right? And wait, yeah, 16 years. I mean, you need to run out. This is one of those movies that I feel like most people should see obviously there's some people that aren't going to be able to get behind sitting through two and a half hours of this movie if you hate swearing and uh mob murders don't watch it (laughs) no yeah if you are a godfather fan or a scarface fan or a fan of movies and haven't seen this movie then i pp slap you because yeah. You should have seen this movie a long time ago. This yeah. movie is amazing. And I'm not going to lie, from what I have seen of his career, this probably to date is my favorite Leonardo. Leonard. Somebody say the name for me Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Performances of his entire career. I'm going to challenge you to go watch Wolf of Wall Street immediately. I was just going to say that does not mean that it won't be superseded when I go sit down and watch the Margot Robbie of Wall Street. (laughs) I would also challenge you to go watch another movie that had both Marky Mark and Leo in it, and that is Basketball Diaries. I've seen that one. I've only seen it one time, and I have not watched it since. And it has been a long. I think I I first watched it when it first came out on VHS. Yeah, I mean, we're talking that it's another one of his gritty performances. Yeah. So that is something that I would be interested in going and sitting back down and watching again because my personal feelings towards the actor may have clouded my judgment as to whether or not I enjoyed the movie or not. And I think, too, now that we're older, we may understand some of the things in that movie. Like, when it came out, I was, like, 16 or 17. So a lot of the the content of the movie didn't really ring for me. You know, it was very mature content, and I probably didn't understand a lot of it. So I think if I went to go watch it again as a middle-aged woman, I think it would be terrifying. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is an amazing character actor. I don't care whether you like him or not. His acting is, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of people that are better than him, over his, especially over his entire career. Yes, he's been typecasting a few things, but even when he is, he just he pulls he it off. It. He's, he's fantastic. But here's the thing that people need to remember about Leo, though, too. He is one of the top grossing actors in Hollywood and There's has a been reason great, for that. And right. he has been for a long time. And He's when I say a long time, 
he showed up on Growing Pains in like what ninety one or ninety two, yeah. which, if you do the math, is thirty freaking years ago. So, obviously, he's had a the longevity to his career that many actors only dream of. I mean, when you're talking about 30 year long careers, you're talking Tom Hanks, you're talking Scientology boy, you're talking, you know, and to be honest, the majority of his career has been pretty much scandal free. I mean, yeah, people make jokes about how he dates young women. Fine, whatever. They're all over 18. Do your thing. Right. But I mean, he hasn't really been rocked by any scandals. Right. I mean, no, the he only hasn't thing been caught I've... in a freaking porn studio or a porn theater. He hasn't he doesn't have 50 DUIs or drug arrests or whatever. The only thing I've seen is that he has an ego which isn't, you know, if I were fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, it's I would uncommon. have one too. Um, James Cameron talks about when he was called in uh, on a second, a second callback for Titanic, and that he was expected to read, and he was like, uh, "I don't read for parts." And James Cameron was like, "Okay, well then, bye." Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, but stuff like that is like that's Hollywood, and that's how people right negotiate, and that's how people. That's how people peacock themselves to be like, I'm the best person and whatever. Right. Okay. My whole thought though on that is in what 95, 96 when they were casting that movie. He did not have audacity. He did not have the stroke to be able to walk into an audition and say, I don't read. Right. I agree. If like James Cameron was casting Avatar 57 and he brought him in and he said, okay, here's the script read. Okay. Now I could see him being able, having the clout to say, I don't read. I mean, yeah, I agree. he's at the point now where I don't even think he has to audition. People approach him wanting him to right. take the roles. Yeah. He isn't going out there seeking it. Well, and when you get to this point in your career, you paid your dues and you have earned that right. Right. People are writing roles for him to play. Yeah. They're writing and them with him in mind. I there's think a he whole was high off Romeo and Juliet at that point. Yeah. And so that's why he was like, Oh, well, you already said you liked me. Why do I have to read for this? Like, right. And did catch yeah. me if you can, did that come out before Titanic or after? Yeah, before. Uh, so he had that too. I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar for that, Which, I think. You guys, if you have not seen Catch Me If You Can, oh my fucking God, go watch that movie immediately. It's Tom so Hanks. good. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. You haven't seen Catch, Catch Me If You Can? Frank Abagnale? On that note, I'm going to say um, I give this movie a four out of five as well. And I'm going to say this has been an amazing episode. And I'm about ready to kill my co-host with from a heart attack because my list of to-be-watched movies is so freaking long that she didn't realize some of the shit that was on it. But I cannot believe you haven't seen Catch Me If You Can and or Wolf of Wall Street. Where have you been? Um, 
Okay, Casey? I had sex in high school. Yes, yeah, so did okay, I. Okay, first of all, gross, because these movies <laughs> yeah. came out after that. What? Tom Hanks is in Catch Me If You Can. That's Christopher Walken. I've heard of the movie. I just haven't ever sat down and watched it. Well, maybe keep your dick in your pants and watch some movies. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, I'm going to say... I appreciate the dozens being here each and every week. You guys are amazingly awesome. I would also like to thank Shanna for being here for the first time. Thank you for having me. Always, you should come back more times and yell at me for the things I have not seen. (laughs) He still hasn't finished Just Friends. Oh, my God. Amanda, is there anything coming up on the SIP list that our listeners need to know about, or are we still... For shame! Slowly, slowly marinating into the, we're taking off big time in 2023. Yeah, the SIP list is kind of doing its own thing until January, and then um, about the middle of January, after I get back from Phoenix, we're going to pick up full-time and full steam ahead and episodes every week, so get ready. You're going to Phoenix? Yeah, we got a, a new partners uh, convention slash week thing slash thing in Phoenix. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, Lord. I get to do fun stuff and go to the spa and sound cool. No, that works too. So, Still um, how to be a partner wife. Yeah, there's probably a lot more involved in that than we need to get into. So, yeah, um, I would just remind listeners that big things coming up in season six. Um, we have this uh, Gone with the Wind, Moulin Rouge, Amanda keeping her mouth shut while I run down my entire schedule for the next three years. What'd you get now you made me lose training okay so we have all that a long time ago and the two hour or the two hour anniversary the two year anniversary coming up as well on february 10th on the day i leave so, for jamaica i'm not speaking to you right now sorry it was already planned i'm sorry <laughs> Not a year ago when I debuted an evening at the movie. We will pre-record the anniversary. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, yes. You can find us on all social media. Just look us up and you can stay informed that way. Because if I don't shut up and wrap this up, Amanda's going to freaking reach to the computer and slap me because she loves when I ramble and ramble and ramble. So, thank you guys always for being here. Banana and bracket bastards. Woo! Yay! I'm an official bastard. She is an official bastard. So I would like to, as always, before we get out of here, one last time, thank Shamanda for being here with us on this episode. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun, and I look forward to more times coming back. And I'm going to shut my mouth right now and say, Amanda... What do we say to end the show? 
thank you for listening. We hope you all come back for an evening at the movies. Goodbye. Peace on hair grease. <laughs> <laughs>